You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hatch Sahel to Galapu, Galapu de Ishin, De Sayaya Yachalup, Page Pelabon Seedstat, Tol Alchad, Salish Ali Washitubsh. Good day to all of you, all of my friends, all of my relatives. My name is Paige Pettibon. I'm based in Tacoma, Washington. Thank you for listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. I'm guest hosting for Ken Vellante. And for this episode, we are having an artistic and philosophical conversation with the talented, lovely, beautiful Kalina Lawrence. Hadoop, Kalina. Welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself? Hey, he's Kalina Lawrence so Chad Thank you so much, Paige. Good day. My name is Kalina Lawrence. I am Suquamish. I come from the place of the clear salt water, and I live in Chochotlats, which uh, is a Suquamish village known as Maple Grove or Land of the Maples, colonially known as Paulsbo, Washington. And I'm very grateful, super grateful for everybody here and thankful to be here today with you, especially Paige. Ah, he's cool. Thank you. I appreciate Great. you coming on today. So I'm going to start with the first question. Where or Were you an artist when you were born? I love this question because I've never been asked this question before, which makes it so... Um, exciting to to answer and to reflect on this answer. So I first want to say that especially thinking of my parents and getting to know my parents throughout my lifetime, they're definitely creative people. So I feel like I was born with creativity, like inherited creativity. Um And being a creative person obviously, you know, tends to um, develop into identifying as an artist, right? Not always, not always, but I definitely feel like I was born with um, the ability to be creative. And I think I was born into an environment and I found myself in many environments where art and different art forms became my mode of expression. So if you combine my creativity with different art forms, then yeah, I I would say I was born an artist or I I was born with the ability to become an artist, if that makes sense. And I feel like just where I was born, which is in Suquamish, um, there's just so much beauty and and natural beauty from the earth and the land and all the beings that exist here. So I was able to identify, right, like what what is art? 
you know, what's art um, all around us and what's happening as art and, and how to create art. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I also like to say that I, at different parts of my life, um, different artistry within me was born, right, at different ages. So I always say, like, for music, especially my birthplace for music or my music career was in the Bay Area in Ohlone territory when I was about 22. <laughs> That's where I would consider myself born like as a professional musician. But I've been singing my whole life. So I don't know. It's, you know, you know, it gets it gets deep in, in terms of like how how many layers we want to peel back. But I was definitely born a creative person. I will say that. I really love that answer. I think that it allows room for rebirth. Mm. And, and I think as a, uh, you know, a Lushuti culture, you know, that's, that's something that we have is um, when we listen to stories or uh, observe art or um, sing songs, they have different meanings for us throughout our life. And mm art is part of that, you know, um, and within us, it, uh, I would say for myself too, I, I had a rebirth of art when I was 25 and I became sober and I just focused on art and it, and it grew. Right. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. definitely can relate with you and your, you know, music rebirth. Yeah. Area. <laughs> That's, I love that. That's such a great answer. <clears throat> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing. So let's talk about your art. I was listening to your music on repeat, and um, I noticed that you have a lot of personal information, mm -hmm. and you're so vulnerable. Mm. And I was just wondering, how do you create in that state of being and what is that like for you and what responsibility is that um or is it a responsibility hey he's cool first i just want to say thank you for listening i mean from just off top like anytime someone takes the time out of their lives and their days to listen you know it's just a couple minutes but like the amount of hours and really the whole lifetime that goes into creating a, a two or three minute song is like <laughs> you know it, it means a lot to me when when you intentionally take that time to listen. So I, I really appreciate that. And then a step further, right? When you really allow yourself uh, as someone who's receiving this information to, to ask more questions and to explore uh, what's coming up for you or what your interpretation of it is, right? That also is very validating as an artist and as, like you said, someone in a place of vulnerability where, you know, what I consider art or why or how I use art is especially to exercise my mind, um, to, I would say, grow as a decision maker, 
um, to make sense of what's happening in my life or what has happened or to visualize what could happen, right? All these kind of tenses that exist and to establish a path toward empathy. So as a uh, as a former foster youth, I'll, I always start with this idea of being in a position of either advocating for myself or not being advocated for. And when we talk about this vulnerability, especially with my music, it comes from a place of needing to find a way to express myself so that I'm understood by folks who are either unable to understand or committed to misunderstanding. (laughs) And right. So for me, um, truth is, is a vulnerable place to be and it's a necessary place to be. And I've been really fortunate to, uh, lead a life of truth and, with that comes the responsibility of vulnerability and of um, mm, representation. So um, when I was younger, because a lot of, so when we kind of backtrack to like the birthplace of my music career, because I, I would like to identify as a multimedia artist with different art forms, right? But when you talk about music, a lot of my um, earlier years of expression was through poetry. And I really didn't have the skills and the tools to write music yet. Um, until I was about 22. And so during that time, I had this 22 years of lived experiences like built up without a structure to release and express it in right in like a, uh, a very specific way. And until I learned songwriting and, um, and intentional like lyricism. So I think the vulnerability came through (laughs) as a truth that was sitting like on my vocal cords for a really long time and just had to, had to exit my body, (laughs) you know, had to exit my mind, uh, through my vocal cords. And so, um, you know, the, as I've, grown and gotten older you know sometimes I think back like oh should I have said that or should I have written that or you know like was that too much were people ready for that but the all the truth is that you know it came out when it needed to how it needed to and I had to trust myself that that was the message that was supposed to you know to to come of of an, an idea or um an emotion And I feel like, you know, especially within our indigenous communities, a lot of times we are, we're, we, all the time, we are processing from generations of um, 
lots of emotions, lots of teachings, lots of um, learned and unlearned behaviors. And vulnerability isn't always a part of that. Uh, vulnerability isn't always um, encouraged or celebrated. Um, and I think being able to have music as an avenue to um, nurture that and reclaim that and encourage that is is also a responsibility, right? It could be a safe space for that to happen on a create a on the level of being a creator and on the level of being an audience member and a receiver. So that was a very long answer to, I think, your question, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to always honor uh, what's happening intuitively. And if I'm always letting my intuition lead, even if it means saying very personal things or saying very difficult things, um, my intuition is guiding me. So I love that so much. You hit on so many points that I think of as someone who is indigenous, someone who is creating artwork for the public. And I personally give a lot of talks as well. And thinking about recording, right? So pre-contact, our records were oral or, you know, on baskets or tapestry. And so recording music is somewhat kind of like a new thing. And then there's the performance aspect too, which delivers something else that um, it evokes a a moment and enables change and progression that sometimes recording doesn't always. And so I wonder how does that, uh, how does that fit into your practice and like being someone who listened to your, to your music that was pre-recorded and someone who had had the pleasure of you um, coming and speak, being a guest speaker for the Native Pathways program at Evergreen when I was a student there and you came in and you sang for us and performed for us and you also enlightened us and shared with us and shared space with us. And um, it's just so interesting as, as someone who consumed both forms, you know, I feel like there's a deep honesty in, in both the recorded and a deep honesty in the performance part. They're very connected, very connected. I was shocked when I listened to your music and I was like, this is like, this is brutally honest in all, and it, and it reaches all spaces. So I was just like, I was taken back by your vulnerability to be honest. And, um, I just felt so encouraged myself to be vulnerable too. I think that program really helped me be vulnerable in, in uh, also reclaiming the that type of mindset, right? Like I have the right to be vulnerable in all spaces, and mm-hmm. and how to handle that. I, I mean, I just yeah. How how did you get to that point? Like how do you how do you uh, get your mindset to be ready? to 
to perform and to record? And mm-hmm. how, do, how do you get that to translate in both forms? Mm-hmm. He's cool. He's cool. I would love to first uh, acknowledge this um, very true, <laughs> this very true observation you have made. Uh, it's so interesting. One of the questions I get asked a lot, you know, is like, when did you start singing or when did you start performing? And, and if I think about it, I've been performing my whole life. Right. Um, when I think about it, you know, my dad has the story of me standing on the back of the couch. I couldn't even speak a recognizable language yet. And I was, you know, singing and performing for them, right? I was two, three years old. Um, As I was growing up, I was very blessed to have access to different types of musics and different cultural musics, um, Kosalish musics, right? And some contemporary genres of musics, uh, other indigenous types of musics that are not necessarily... Um, ancestral to the Pacific Northwest, but are very much practiced here, such as powwow music, Northern and Southern, and also peyote NAC music. So um, I grew up like singing a lot and I would sing in person, you know, when we're on tribal journeys and we're all jamming out, that's performing, like really when we think about it. Um, And we descend right from performers, life lifetimes of performers. So when you talk about this difference uh, and, and connection between being in person and performing for one another and recording and, and um, the intimacy and the skill that it takes to be a recording artist um, is very real and is something that I'm, I'm still honestly navigating. Um, when I'm, you know, in a room full of, you know, a couple thousand people or when I'm on a Zoom with 50 other people, it's pretty like uh, just second nature to to share, to sing, to speak. When I'm on a in a studio with one engineer and it's only me and the microphone and the engineer, I really have to zone in um, and take myself to a different place and also not like it's this balance of being um, very mindful, but not hypercritical um, of myself and the take that I'm going to do and the energy I'm going to bring. And, you know, being able to feed off of the people who are in a room with me when I'm performing versus just just me and the mic, you know, it's just me, my truth, my voice, this mic, the press play, the press stop button, you know, it's like, it is very different. And um, for me, just uh, recognizing the um, the medicine that each hold, right? Because there is something about having this pre-recorded piece of intentional decision-making offered at your fingertips, you know, and you can listen to it over and over and over and over again. But when we're, when I'm doing a live show, you can't be like, Oh, can you do that one again? (laughs) 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 You know? Um, 
it goes from like the vibrations of the room to, you know, just the, the state that the, the listener is in. So there's all these different factors. And I, I have grown to appreciate both settings. Um, I, I think as many of us as artists, uh, we have our, our moments of solitude. We have our moments of collaboration, right? So performing live is such a collaboration. There's so much happening and everyone's involved. Every person, the person on the stage, the person in the audience, the person at the sound booth, um, the person at the door who's greeting everyone, you know, the first face they see when they come through the door. Um, there's all this collaboration happening. And, um, and, and then, you know, just kind of, again, like following that intuition and, and trusting in the energy of, of the space that's being held. Uh, for me, just really learning over the years about honoring where people are at because of the depth of some of my lyrics and the topics, the heaviness of the topics, which feels heavy, but it's also our truth, you know? And, um, and as Indigenous peoples, and for me as a Coast Salish woman, I, I don't have a choice but to to navigate um, these very real, very true, and very um, sometimes overwhelming realities that we're living through on a daily basis, right? Um, and if music can't be a place for me to address and identify that, then where is, right? If beadwork can't be a place for me to address and identify, then where would be? Um, uh, and so, you know, I just kind of have to come from a place where, you know, I, I believe in my ability to represent the life I've lived. And if I'm always coming from a place where I believe um, in that ability, then that's the only choice that's going to channel through, you know, no matter what setting the music is being shared. And um, I just feel really grateful for the outlet and for the for the processing, because I know that there are so many of our people who don't have that quite yet. And, and the goal is always to, um, you know, just introduce ourselves and introduce other people to these spaces where this energy happens and this healing happens and this truth telling happens. And then the celebration also happens and the, curiosity also happens and the encouragement, right? The, um, the, um, unspoken permission, uh, is taking place for all of us to just explore that, that, um, whatever that train of thought that is like introduced to us for us to explore that and, and take, take what we can, you know, I love from- that. Yeah. I love that so much. And so I have some inside scoop because I was going to be part of this show. But 
<laughs> your birthday's coming up and you were going to have a celebration and um, we're postponing it. But I wanted to I wanted to give space for you to reflect if you'd like to share on that reflection of that process and what it means for you to postpone. And, um, you know, I think what's so interesting is you brought this up too about uh, time and going back in the past and you having many tenses in your work. And I think as Indigenous artists, we're able to reflect on time not being a linear, um, you know, a linear concept. And I think a lot of people in America are feeling time differently since the pandemic happened. And so I, I feel like you're the perfect person to have a reflection about time and this postponed show and your birthday and reflection. I would love to hear your insight on all of that. Mm, hey, yeah, it's so important. A couple things first that, that come to my mind and my heart is um, my love and my prayers continuously go out to everyone affected by this pandemic. Um, you know, so many of us have loved ones who have survived through this. Some of us have loved ones who have not, and each of us are doing what we can to get through each day. And so, um, you know, to everyone on every every single level who um, is just prioritizing health and well-being, um, I'm so grateful for. And um, in addition to that, uh, in terms of this show, right, what this means. So me personally, I have not performed live in, you know, a venue setting or a, a space setting in just over two years now. Um, and so everything went virtual, everything went through Zoom, which I've been, you know, performing for and everything. And it's still been amazing and and such a <laughs> such a blessing to find community in in these ways that we're able to um but this particular show meaning like we're returning or I would be returning to the stage for the first time right basula suit like what does that mean and for me when we when we're talking about the power of in person space sharing and in-person frequencies and in-person vibrations and the experience of live music. Um, I just knew that I wanted it to be very intentional, very special and very um, safe. And, and this word safe means a lot of things too. So for this particular show is going to be, yes, my, my 29th winter on earth. Also my first show since, um, the initial, uh, shift in our daily lives, which was March of 2020. And then also my first show since moving back home to the Northwest after spending seven years in Ohlone territory. So it was like this whole, it was like this, you know, really in, like 
for me, it was like a, a, a pivotal point in my personal life. And so I'm like, okay, as, uh, you know, someone who has engaged in different levels of organizing, event organizing, community organizing um, throughout the last 10 or 15 years, I have to really hone in on the decisions, who's there, what's the message, what what are the vibes, who's present, you know, how can we have so as many people engaged as possible. Um, I put so much thought into it. And then also a lot of it was just aligning, um, you know, the community connections with Alma and, um, and just, you know, my favorite people who also happen to be um, artists and then also happened to be my friends too. <laughs> um, it just was just such like this, this thing to look forward to at the same time, you know, the very realness of this pandemic that we're going through has not stopped. It has not ended the, you know, it, it is still very much at the forefront of our lives and, um, with folks who have been able to or are unable to get vaccinated, um, it felt like, oh, maybe there's this pocket of time where, you know, we can be as intentionally safe as possible and gather and get this medicine without feeling like so obligated that we want to put people at risk. And for me, um, in picking the lineup, if you will, in picking the artists who I wanted to share this space with, y'all were my biggest priority. Like, obviously, the audience, the attendees, um, the health of them um, is so important. But for me, it's like, if even just one of you who uh, I asked personally to be a part of this, didn't feel comfortable or had some, you know, just had some doubts or any specific requests. Like even if just one of you was not on board to move forward with it, then that was it for me, right? Because I wasn't going to be like, yeah, Paige doesn't really want to do it, but we'll still do it without Paige. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's where my mind was. And so checking in with you all to make sure you felt okay with this, um, and have this kind of unanimous decision uh, was very important. And so the choice to postpone Basulatsu returning to the stage um, was one in honoring of uh, all of our health, all of our um, psychological and, and physical health, right, um, and immune health, and then also um, trusting, right, that... Uh, you know, it's going to happen and it's going to happen when it, when it can. And when, you know, when uh, things align. So being an artist, we have to adapt at all times. Like having the skills to adapt are pretty crucial to a successful um, creation of any kind. <laughs> Trial and error, right? And so for me, um uh, it just, it's just knowing and trusting that we've all put this intention into this particular space that we want to hold and it will happen and it will be just as, just as wonderful and beautiful um, in six months as it would have been, you know, this Friday. And um, 
and just really like honoring that. Right. And uh, so it's, you know, it's bittersweet. Of course, there's also this really intentional choice not to go virtual because that's still not going to be the same effect and the same feel as if it were to have been live in the venue and the space with all this art happening, all these different types of art and forms of art happening. So, you know, when we think about this idea of time and um, our relationship with time, uh, our relationship with planning, <laughs> our relationship <laughs> with canceling plans. <laughs> um, we're learning so much about acceptance. We're learning so much about ad- ad- adaptability. Um, we're learning so much about control and our relationship with control as well. What's in our control, what's out of our control, how much, you know, how much control do we need? <laughs> um, we're just learning so much. And and uh, for me, I know and I've, I've put so much intention into this particular um, like vision uh, and, and c- combination of people and elements and, you know, art that it's going to be incredible when it happens and it's it's okay that it's not right now. You know? I love that. Yes. Uh, so for folks who aren't aware, we were going to have a uh, live performance in person at Alma Mater, which is a very cool venue, restaurant, uh, uh, space in Tacoma, Washington. And um, luckily we have some people there that, um, you know, they – they throw shows there and they were really respectful and for our decisions as well too. And Kalina was going to have me do a live painting. And I just love how on board you had all of our perspectives be and involved. And I just really appreciate like the grace you had in opening up communication for us. And Honestly, I feel like your approach really made me feel comfortable with feeling with expressing my feelings of uh, postponing because I want my mom to come and she might get sick and I would not be okay with that. So, you know, if I invited her to a, a if I put my mom at risk, that wouldn't be good. So I really appreciated you to uh, to be really gracious with hearing us out. And um, I just I love that. I love that you pointed out, you know, it will happen <laughs> and and why we have to do it in person so it hits right, right? Like, hey, hey. That, and, and you, the whole, like, <laughs> the whole name is to return to stage mm-hmm. and it just wouldn't be authentic if it wasn't happening in, in real time, right. in shared space. I really... Yeah. yeah. And I thank you for acknowledging that because, you know, we all have different processes, processes, like we're all learning, we're all different kinds of organizers. And um, for me, yeah, it's my birthday show. It's, you know, however we want to define it. For me, it was just like, it, it's not just me. It's not just about me. It's about all of us and everyone we have access to and everyone we show up for on a daily basis. And again, and 
in um, my love and respect for each of you as artists and kind of this idea of, of inviting different people from different um, communities in my, you know, in my life and different, um, uh, but very similar, just fierceness and, mm-hmm. and talent and skill, uh, and, and talking many conversations with Amber Hayward, um, mm-hmm. who is, who was also like right beside me helping to envision so much of this space, um, it just feels like this this group of of people who is going to be a part of this is is um, such a special intersection that I really want to honor and do the right way. Um, it certainly uh, will be the first, but won't be the last time that that all of us you know cross paths and collaborate. And and what's also really important for me to mention is just that. Um, my trust in, in each of you as artists and my respect for you all as artists and, and my, also my like curiosity, um, to introduce some of y'all to each other who might not know each other. There, there's so much more than just a lineup. It's not just a bill. It's not just, here's your 15 minute set. And then, you know, like there's so, there's so many moving parts and pieces, um, and, uh, respect that I have for each of you. And I think that it'll be really special when our communities can come to a place together in person and receive the blessings that each of us, you know, will, will offer and the gifts that we'll offer. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be amazing when it happens and we'll definitely keep all of you posted on the new date we have not announced that yet but um we we just want to make sure that you know we're patient and we're accepting and we're and we're you know we're kind and we're helpful and we're sharing (laughs) and uh we do what we can and and still utilize the space that we have to you know keep keep processing through it um so yeah that's exciting. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you, what is art? What is art? So there's there's so much um, possibility to the answer of this question. And when I think about art, I think about intention. I think about decision making. And I think art is very intentional decision-making. And I also think art is, um, I think art is natural. I also think art is organized. And I also think art is applied technique. But when you say the word organized, like there, it, it, it doesn't mean like, linear like we were talking about it doesn't mean like one plus one equals two organized means you know uh we we have a way of intentionally making decisions to produce something um and uh for me i would say you know the art that i create is um is a release. It is a release of what is 
constant inside my body and constant inside my mind. So I am I am taking something that's being held within me and I am emitting it outwardly. I am creating a something intentional to be received. Doesn't have to be technically a physical thing you can touch, but it is being received by someone other than myself and it is assisting my personal journey, right? Like to figure out what is life, what is actually happening what really what what was yesterday really all about and how how do I make sense of that um so some things that I wrote down art is words sounds silence art is vocal right art is poetry art is glass beads scissors you know beading needles thread material right? Art is the materials that we find uh, in nature. Art is the materials that maybe we manipulate and find some sort of shape or form for, and then we place it somewhere in an organized way (laughs) that makes sense in our head. (laughs) Art is uh, cameras, right? Um, iPhones and cameras, Sonys and all that. Um, art is communication, which kind of goes along with words like, um, you know, there's, uh, just the sheer act of interpretation, um, how we interpret the world, how we interpret these things that other people have created and, and offered to us. Um, I even, I also braid hair. So I think art, braiding hair is art. It's like, whew, you know, that it's deep. Um, making clothes. I mean, just um, being human beings and um, being intentional with, with whatever materials are at our fingertips physically and metaphorically, you know, and um, making sense of this realm (laughs) that we're in (laughs) somehow. I love that. I'm like feeling all my five teachers, right? Mm -hmm. All my five teachers telling me to uh, how to create and how to uh, absorb art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in what you're saying. I really, I really like that. Um, I really like that answer, and it's so different from the answer that I had. And it's like, I love how um, interpretations, right? They can both be right. It's not a, it's not a binary thing. And I think it's some a conversation that continues through time and space. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so much context too. I think context is important. And when I went. Uh, to college and we had to really understand um, what makes something art like what makes it music what makes it dance what makes it theater what makes it you know 
this label that we place upon it, you know, there's a formula that establishes it as said art form, right? Um, There's also the freedom and the liberation of personal identification and personal definition, personally defining what is art to us. And, you know, there's context. um, and, And this is why I think I emphasize so much on decision making, right? Because we're making informed decisions based off of our upbringing, based off of our cultural teachings, based off of our, you know, just the very specific things that make us Paige, that make us Kalina, that make us, right, Coast Salish, that make us Salish, that make us Puyallup, or make us Suquamish, or make us, right? Um, There are very specific uh, ways that we do things and instructions that we're given um, that shape and form who, what we create, how we create, and how we define what we create. And so to me, interpretation of the person creating, interpretation of the person receiving Um, is really so informed from who you are and um, the definition right is is really gonna it's gonna change um, based off of of that person's context so to me the only way that I can define art is um you know, just uh, obviously some things happened by accident, but it was still based off of a decision that was made. So I love that. It's, it's very intentional decision making. <laughs> I love that. So, what is the role of art? I would say, again, uh, processing life as we know it, like uh, exercising our minds, engaging our minds, being choosing to be present, you know, choosing to be here, choosing to engage and participate. Um, And again, whether that's the creation of art or the receiving um, of art, uh, we're participating in um, this consciousness. We're participating in um, the being present here and what our role is as human beings. I think it's also documenting. And we talked a little bit about this, right? About as, you know, in many indigenous cultures and certainly in Coast Salish cultures and and Salish cultures, um, our ancestors have always, always, always documented through various art forms. We said audible, right? We, we talked about basketry. Um, we talked about artwork and we talked about, you know, jewelry. And so there's all these ways that our ancestors have always documented our reality or documented certain eras, documented certain times on earth that um, indicated, you know, shift or importance or just the truth like what like what happened and also we got very creative about um 
about documenting um, life through humor and uh, through metaphors and <laughs> all these different ways that were like, yeah, just kind of making sense of things. <laughs> and so documenting and, and like we were talking about, right, recording music as like such a new way to refer back and to call upon and draw upon. Um, it, it's like, okay, uh, how are we, uh, as Nina Simone has so famously been quoted, reflecting the times, right? How are we um, saying in, you know, two or three generations or, or more down the line, if they want to know what life is like in 2022, Gregorial, Gregorian calendar times, like, what was the world like? And all they have is one of Paige's drawings or one of Kalina's songs. Like, you know, how are we documenting the world through our eyes, the way we see it, the way we perceive the world? Um, so I, I think the one of the roles of art, obviously, is um, being very literal about how life is and being very... Um, other than literal <laughs> about how life is, you know, for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's establishing space, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put an um, an adjective in in front of the word space. Or I'm not gonna put like a, I'm not gonna describe what kind of space because I would love to say safe space, but it's not always safe. Um, but but art, the role of art is establishing space for this spectrum of emotion that we experience as humans. Yeah. And it would be really great if it was always safe. But like I meant, like it's not always safe. It's not always fun. It's not always, right? There's not always a description in front of the word space. But what's happening is that space is established to um, either uh, process or understand or um, evoke or um, or uh, affirm emotion, human emotion. And what, you know, what emotions come from, you know, as we're thinking about whatever the art might be. Uh, so I think one thing that, you know, I've been taught uh, in different ways from, from my life experiences is that the ability to feel emotion is what makes us so, um, so unique, right, as human beings. And holding and honoring the space for emotion and the spectrum of emotions that we are capable of and letting them be what they are and how we, how we feel them um, through this kind of like filter, which is art. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And hopefully a safe way, but not always. I agree. And I think what you said prior with intention I think it's our responsibilities as artists to have our intention creating those spaces and processing the human experience. 
I always look at it as my responsibility to show many facets, right? We can be vulnerable and strong at the same time. And that was something I had to learn and I had to build those uh, tools. I had to exercise and expose myself how to exercise and use those tools. So like, there's many things that you've said that I, I definitely am like, yes, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> you're hitting, yeah, you're hitting it, right? Like that's exactly what it is. And I think, um, you know, obviously it doesn't come out perfect and obviously it, it doesn't always translate, but those stories are important important too in diversing the canon of of art and music and you know everything it's it's important to have that be out there too and not um and not just one side of the story mm-hmm. absolutely so even if they do mess up and not make it a safe space maybe that is for someone but I think it's also important to take care of your listener, take care of your viewer where they, um, they're not hurt when they walk away. Mm. There's ways of doing that, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. You do. I feel like you're like the queen. I was like, how is it that she can say things that are sad, but I feel so uplifted and encouraged Mm -hmm. and so determined to make my way and path in this way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, there's, that's why I feel like we're masters of our own crafts in, in so many ways as, as indigenous people, you know, hitting these intersections, we're always analyzing and processing this experience. So we're masters of living in many different uh, spaces and places and um, these intersectionalities and, and um, how it feels to be all and none at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that leads me to the namesake of this podcast, Lena. <laughs> why something rather than nothing? <laughs> All right. So first off, I have to acknowledge that I'm the type of person who, as a student of language and multiple languages, like I really love um, to look up definitions, right? So in preparing for this, I was like, okay, well, first I need to know what's the definition of something and what's the definition of nothing, right? <laughs> so that we can try to zone in on this question. So one definition I found for the word something is a thing that is unspecified or unknown, right? So that was a definition that I, that I had looked up for the word something. And then the definition that I had come across for the word nothing is not anything, not a single thing, right? Not a single thing. Uh, <laughs> there's no no value. There's no... And so the, so the answer is something because even though it's unspecified and even though it's unknown, it doesn't mean it's non-existent. But if it's nothing, then it's then then that's not true. There's that's just not true right now. I mean, there's so many things. There's so many somethings here right now, 
right, for us in our lives and and on this earth and beyond this earth. Um, There's so many somethings. And the unknown versus the non-existent, right, is the way that I see or the way that I would answer this question. Um, There is so much unknown. And there's so many ways to get to knowing um, that I think is also why we're artists. (laughs) And even people who are not artists are still working to get to the place of knowing, Mm -hmm. right? This place of knowing and this place of learning and this acknowledgement of the unknown, uh, the acknowledgement of not knowing and being okay with not knowing, but still striving toward that something. Um, and recognizing everything that's that's here. At, as my friend, my really good friend, Josh Cocker, um, who's Kiowa and, and Tongan, everything that we need is always at our fingertips. Every single thing we need is at our fingertips. And uh, to me, that is... That is this question. That's why something, right? That's why something rather than nothing, because we're 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 forward moving and we're we are um, we are brave and courageous, <laughs> brave and courageous enough to even ask a question like this. So. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to choose that even though it's unspecified and unknown, that's, that's where I want to be rather than, than the opposite. So. That's awesome. I love that. Cause it's like, even the something still has the, the, the word unknown in it, which could be perceived as nothing, but the way you described it, it's kind of like, we've got a basket and it may be empty or it may be filled with some something. And then we fill it up with the unknowns that we want to know. Hey, yep. Yes. <laughs> sometimes we empty out that basket, right? And sometimes the emptying process is art. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, I kind of broke my mind thinking about that answer, but uh, your answer, but I think it, I think it's pretty beautiful in the the way that there's twists and turns, plot twists, right? Uh, <laughs> so is there even nothing to begin with? Probably no, because everything's at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. I feel it's- like that holds a lot of power in the person too, knowing that everything's at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. That like, I think that just empowered me. Just like, yeah, I have everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this is shouts out to to uh can you remind me again? So the title of this the is The title of this podcast is Something Rather Than Nothing, hey. created by Ken Vellante, who is a phenomenal person. And I hope that uh y'all get to uh meet sometime. And yeah. I'm sure he's gonna be so smitten with uh <laughs> Hearing from you, he's going to reach out. I already know. 
Shad was awesome. And I yeah, love Yeah, he's so good. He's so diverse with the people he brings on. I just really love his perspective. And th these questions are so good. I love how they're so different from being an artist. We get asked the same questions, mm -hmm. but not philosophically, right? So, okay. you know, analyzing artwork in this way is, I think, really... It's a really good exercise. A, he's cool. A. So, how can listeners connect to you and your artwork? Well, this is the age of social media. You know, we are the generation of um, <laughs> online communication and whatnot. So, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely accessible through, you know pretty much every mode of technology, cell phone, email, FaceTime, Zoom, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, YouTube, and, and all of the platforms that stream music, given, yes, lots of controversy and all the good things that, uh, all of the in-depth work that's happening, right, as we unpack what <laughs> the role of the music is, the, the role of the musician is in, in this century and how we are deemed valuable and how we, um, how we are compensated. Uh, I'll just say my, my music is available on all streaming platforms um, uh, because I think it's important that however you as an, a listener uh, chooses to, to have your, your music portable with you, I want to, I want to see how I can offer that. Um, yeah, everything is just under Kalina Lawrence, uh, C-A-L-I-N-A-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E across all platforms. And um, yeah, and, and also my website, kalinalawrence.com. You can go there to keep up with what I'm up to. There's also a contact, uh, what you call it? tab you know if you want to reach out about any inquiries or just check in um i'm pretty accessible and and all of my information can be found online and and i'm also someone who loves to you know just continue to build interpersonal relationships with folks too so on whatever level that can be um in terms of just you know social media friends or if we're in the area and there's any way that I can support people in their efforts, I, I want to be accessible that way on a, a communal level too. So it's not just an extractive exchange, right? Um, so that it's not this like inaccessible, like dehumanizing artist viewer, artist, listener, right? Like we are human beings as well with very complex lives and, and very intentional relationships that, uh, you know, um, I don't ever want to seem <laughs> like, a, um, you know, the ways in which we idolize musicians that makes them feel separate from us here on the same earth. <laughs> right. And, and I say that because it's really easy to feel like so impressed and so encouraged and so inspired by 
especially by musicians and then seem like they're um, uh, unreachable or like they're perfect or their lives are, you know, can never cross paths with our life unless it's right just through fanaticism. And, and so we're, I want, I would like to think that um, there have been many generations and, and we are also a generation who is, um, moving outside of that kind of celebrity disconnect and we are we are focusing more again on the connection and so the long answer <laughs> that's the long answer to how you can connect to me and my art um and <laughs> and the short answer is you know social media and whatnot yeah <laughs> he's oh Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that at the end, too, because, you know, it just really shows like how we're in community with each other and the reciprocity uh, that, you know, sometimes gets forgotten when it comes to art. Um, You know, uh, being an artist as well, you know, I if it wasn't for my supporters really filling my cup every day, you know, it, it. it would kind of feel like a a really hard, you know, and invalidated, but, but they do. So, you know, they're, you know, they should have a part of, a part of me as, as I have in them. So yeah, I really, I really respect that. And thank you so much. He's cool. I really appreciate your insight. I appreciate your artwork. I appreciate the, the, you know, relations you have with everybody and your, you know, how you're so in community and how you're so uplifting and vulnerable. Like you are so important to our people today. And I'm so honored that I was able to uh, get you to come on the show and talk art and philosophy. Um, thank you for listeners and supporting this podcast. Thank you for Ken for asking me to guest host. It's been an honor and a privilege and I could talk to Kalina, I swear to God for hours and I feel like there's so much more to be said. And uh, yeah, so we'll, this will be a continuous conversation. I'd love to hear uh, some insights um, that people have from, from this episode and reach out to me and Kalina on the social media and uh, wherever you can find us. We both have websites and we both would love to hear from you all. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you, Paige. We Teachers of care, patience is found in the earth and the air. At some point, we lost sight of basics, kept taking, we gave in the ego and ended up here. Money and power are teachers of greed, but we won't put profit in front of our needs. Hear us or steer us each time that we plead, but we welcome the lessons, we're ready to lead. We'll be CIA cultivating our acres, we'll be.
giving food to our neighbors will be supporting all the art makers we are all relations and we're healing through these layer layers we are And we open our minds to every hard question Like, why are there humans in cages and streets? Why do our children have low self-esteem? Why is it normal for men to mistreat And then cover it up using threats and deceit? When will trans people live past 35? When can our two-spirit loved ones revive? When do our elders get to retire From raising grandbabies at age 59? How will we heal all the hearts of the parents? How will we reach every orphan's hand? Will we remember those days in the village And rematriate our connection to land? Isn't slave labor outdated, outrageous? Do we see how courageous our rage is? Trust the youth and embrace all the stages To free us from these colonial cages? We are Yeah.